Welcome back to Jokerman Podcast, a podcast about, in this case, Lou Reed. I'm Evan. I'm Ian. And today, we couldn't be happier to be joined by none other than Laurie Anderson. Laurie, thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure is all ours, uh, especially considering that we're here on the occasion of the re-release, reissue of Hudson River Wind Meditations, Lou's 20th and final solo album. There it is. Look at that. The photo. We're very happy about the photos. These photos are just so beautiful of the river. And also I love the book because it's a horizontal book. And it just reminds you of the of a river. It's a book about um, flow. So uh, it's an, and it's a record about flow. And it's a martial art about flow. So it's all about flow. Hey, nice dog you've got there. Thank you. She <laughs> she likes to make an appearance every once in a while. Hopefully she won't make too much noise. <laughs> uh, I know you and Lou were both obviously uh, big dog folks yourselves. Son of a solid human being is, a, is a, being a dog person. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Well, you in the liner notes for uh, the new release, you kind of give a full explanation in your interview with Jonathan Cott about how the record evolved over time and, and sort of took shape and became what was ultimately released as Hudson River Wind Meditations. Um, just like on a run through for the folks who haven't picked up the record yet, can you just kind of explain that in brief for us? Yeah, okay, this this wasn't meant to be a record or recorded to be a record. This was Lou sticking the microphone out the window and listening to the river. And then he thought, you know, I, I'm going to process these sounds. And he had a whole lot of great processing things. And so um, filtered and looped and did all of these things. And he came up with these beautiful sounds that he just made you know, as experiments, you know, these it's a very different thing when you're making a record, starting with tracks, the basic <laughs> tracks. This was not on the record. This was um, some sound that he made. Really, I would say, first as an experiment. Then he thought, you know, this is really great for Tai Chi. And Tai Chi was, you know, loose engine. That's where he got his energy. I got it from music too, but um, the chi part of Tai Chi is where his guitar sound came from. It's where his voice came from, where everything everything came from. His and my teacher, who uh, was named Ningyo Rinpoche, did a portrait of Lu that was really beautiful. And it's a portrait in words, and the words are Oma Hong. Those are mantra words. Om, which is, you know, centered in the head as thought, ah, which is centered in the throat as language and voice, and a home, which is the heart. And so this portrait was those three syllables, which is something that begins in the head as a thought or a feeling, goes through the voice, and explodes from the heart. And that's a perfect explanation or description of Lou's music and Lou himself. So this and he wrote a lot about the connections between thought and expression. How does your thought become music? How does your mind go through your body and 
be expressed in that way that people can kind of go, oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's not some kind of private thing of confessional songwriting guys sitting in the room going twang a twang i'm so lonely get of course you're lonely you're in a room making a rock song do you think this is going to be you know you should just open the door and walk out you know you'd be a lot less lonely but lou wasn't in that school of the lonely guitar uh singer songwriter school of course he was sometimes you know everybody is lonely sometimes but he was much more interested in energy what can get you on your feet? What can change your mind? What can change your life and make you feel something rather than just sit there and just do the same old thing all the time? So this that was his interest in martial arts, his giant collection of weapons, his interest mm-hmm. in making a sound that would make your hair stand, stand on end. You know, and he was he was not a polite person. And this music isn't really polite either, although it was re- it's really seemingly soothing. I'm just saying seemingly because it's not like uh, it, it's, it really does sort of wake you up, but not wake you up the way like Metal Machine music would or his work with Metallica would. That's a different kind of wake up sound. That's more of an alarm that goes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you're in trouble. No, this is like a different kind of wake up call. There's a functionality to it when you're talking about it not being like a record um, in the traditional sense. I recall reading that some, there was a, an idea of having some kind of a meditation to go along with it, and then that was decided against. Oh, yes. I was going to do that. I, I, you know what? I just didn't want to intrude in this thing. Mm. I, I just was like, let's let Lou speak for himself here with his words which are printed in the pamphlet you know and he didn't really put words to this kind of thing because it really is um and for someone who's so good with words and loved words so much i thought it was cool that he didn't ever uh have that um i mean lou was a was a poet so it was um uh I'm sure an act of self-control not to have a lot of talking. So there's no, there's there are no words. And I think hopefully that frees people up, frees the listener up to kind of go, what is this thing? Words are like mm-hmm. music in a film. They tell you how to feel about the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a soundtrack that just goes, that road, that's a lonely road. Or that road, same picture, is a happy road. You know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an emotional cue. So this isn't giving you that. It's kind of going, guess what? You're on your own. Try to see what you can make of this without me telling you what it's about. Absolutely. It really opens up, I think, and gives you the, the space to put your own feelings, thoughts, expressions, yeah. uh, to steal a phrase, uh, into it. The two primary pieces, Move Your Heart and Find Your Note, which make up 50-something minutes uh, of the, the record, are very different to me you know you you were saying that it's wake up music but not wake up music in the way that like lulu or metal machine music is move your heart feels really peaceful and meditative there's like a round quality to it very calming and centering but find your note i find is like really 
kind of puts me on edge. Yeah. There's a variation in the sound, and there's a really there's a sharpness yeah. to it. There's a metallic kind of quality to the sound there mm-hmm. that is almost a little unnerving. <laughs> How do you how do you feel about just the way these two pieces are counterposed against one another? I just love that that uh, Finder Note is is about looking for stuff because it's mm. you know it you're right it it has an edge to it that makes you kind of go what am I supposed to do now you know <laughs> and it's it's like a, you know um, dissonance dissonant music you're like whoa yeah. and then if you start kind of um following the logic and the harmonics of it 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 unfolds in really interesting ways and and it, it makes me feel the same way a little bit like yeah, um uh it, it makes you pay attention in a in a very different way so i think that that's um uh a re- it's a really nice pair of things to have those two different ways of of hearing and listening to things and then it comes back, you know, kind of circular at the very end with the, uh, you know, kind of blending from one back into the other and then ending with the uh, the gong note, which I thought was a perfect, perfect little touch to end on. Yeah. I was going to ask a little bit more about metal machine music, which you meant, referenced a, a minute ago, Laurie. I mean, you can't help but, one can't help but draw a connection or think about Hudson River Wind Meditations in relation to metal machine music. You know, from one angle, they are like they're twins in his body of work. They're the two extended wordless ambient records, these coming from one of the great poets. At the same time, from another angle, they're maybe like two of the most dissimilar records that he ever made, just in terms of the sound and effect that they have on a listener, on me at least. Do you think of them as like kind of more like more lined together or more kind of counterposed against one another or a little bit of both? What do you feel when you listen to Metal Machine? I feel I guess it depends on when I listen to metal machine music. <laughs> yeah. I usually feel anxious when I listen to it. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's a record that um, really gets up over your shoulders intentionally. So I think I think he's very successful at that. If I listen to it long enough, I find myself kind of settling back into it the way that I'm able to settle into something like Move Your Heart here. But it takes it takes some work to get there with metal machine music versus Hudson River. Uh, you know, really feels like just sitting down in a warm bath. I would say. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say the warm bath for me is is what I feel because I I feel like more I'm paying attention rather than being soothed, like mm. being challenged to pay attention. But I, I agree with you on Metal Machine. It makes me like grit my teeth and like ah whoa, um, and it makes looking around the room like suddenly things are really vivid and like it's challenging. Uh, and it, there are different kind of challenges. I think, but I agree that there's there. Uh, they're the polar opposite twins. <laughs> <laughs> There's this sort of exultant quality in metal machine music. Like when I hear it, it sounds almost like a fanfare, uh-huh. like an announcing of a presence. <laughs> uh-huh. On that note, I think like the third part of this, which we've already touched on, is Lulu. 
And I sort of wonder if there was sort of a linkage of ideas getting Metallica involved, being a kind of harnessing of a similar sort of level of energy. How do I get that kind of power, that just like raw sound and fury? Yeah. Yeah. There's a sense of Lou trying to plug into something like that in both. That was that was Lou's attraction to uh, Metallica, of course. You know, is their um, the power, uh, the power of the guitar sound. He loved the guitar sound. He loved the, you know, he loved the drums. And I think he, uh, his interest in working with them was to. Um, try to get some of that into the lyrics um, mm. in a different way. I mean, mm. it their own approach to it, words, you know, which is cool, but um, uh, Lou wanted to give a different spin. And so in songs like Junior Dad, it's like, whoa, there's mm. a guy turning into his dad. Every, every many people's <laughs> worst fantasy. Truly. Nightmare, and 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 he wasn't afraid of expressing that. You know, supposedly when you're an old person, you're supposed to be like, "Oh, it's all nice," and I'm settling in, and you know, this was like King Lear, who was just going, "This is so fucked up." You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna scream this kind of rage, the rage of an old person doing that is wild. Gone on your sleeve. A red star of idiocy, an idiot's idiocy. Your heart on your fucking sleeve. My parents for you. We were meant to be peons. We're meant to be peons. Me mortals below. Meant to be servants. Meant to be dismissible objects once fucked with. Oh, oh, oh. You're so special. No more meant for you. You come and go like a goddess you are. You know, a lot of people just kind of go out being like, either they're, either they've got dementia, they've forgotten all the thing, you know, forgotten what it's like to be a human being at all. Or they're kind of going, okay, just give me another cup of tea and I'll just be okay. And I'll be a nice old person. I'll be polite. No, he, he is just, Lou was never polite in his whole life. He was never polite. <laughs> and he didn't start being polite when he was old. He, he, and that all really startled me that there was so much rage in that record. There, it was pure rage. And I thought, well, that is, that is so human. You know, wow, what a what a courageous thing to do because it's it's not, um, uh, you know, it's just rude. You know, <laughs> the reaction to it that people had was was the one of shock and I think yeah. rage back at it. People were mad at that record. It seemed perhaps because it was the very antithesis of what they might have expected. This isn't the sound of a man going, you know, gently into the good night. This is him raging at the dying of the day to uh, steal some lines from Dylan Thomas. And he was pleased that there was that kind of rage back. You know, he wants to, he wants to get a little something out of people. And uh, it, it, it wasn't like he's, you know, he didn't care about it. Oh, wait, I was going to say something. I didn't care about people like him. He did care about that. He really did. So um, it's 
so easy to start spinning cliches with somebody else's life. (laughs) Oh my God, what do I know? I hardly know that about myself. Am I blathering on about what somebody else thinks or feels or felt and thoughts, you know? And besides, you know, when dead people probably have different uh, approaches to everything anyway. (laughs) We just don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I was listening to Heart of the Dog and sort of really captivated by the section about the bardo and the death process or death as a process and that period of not knowing if anybody, if your dog or if your loved one is somehow hearing you. That detail about the the idea of the, the hearing being the last thing to go is interesting to think about Yeah, when it comes to music itself. Yeah. I wonder what the... I don't know what the first thing you hear is. I mean, the, the first sense to come in either. Do you? I never actually. When you're born? Yeah. I never. It's got to be vision, right? Like light, just not even like seeing things, but just the like instead of being within a body in darkness, just light hitting your cones and your rods and your eyes. I, I think they're like. I got their eyes all squinty closed, so but I'm sure light gets through them because they were little eyelids. I would imagine gravity would be the first thing you just go, oh my oh, yeah. god, it's like, yeah. whoa, I'm getting out of the pool. You're like, oh, <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy person. Must be a shock. Yeah, mm. the sound, I guess, would be crazy too. It's like coming up, you know, out of, like if you lived your entire life underwater and then all of a sudden you swim up to the surface. And... <laughs> exactly. Hi, little baby. Hi, little baby. Whoa, whoa. Can you just people tone it down? I'm going to turn the volume up. Yeah, turn the whole thing down. I mean, whoa. What a shot. I'm really happy with this record. You know, I, I think this record was, I hope people really do uh, respond to it and give it a chance. Cause it's like, you know, I, I know some people will turn around and go, Oh my God, it's like, it hasn't changed in the last minute. It's the same. It's a drone. You know, it, you know, I would, I would suggest to people like if they, uh, an, a nice approach to it is just having a non in your house for a while. You know, and and kind of have it. Don't listen to it, kind of thing. Just let it be. Uh, be there. It happens. Uh, I think it's very subtle that way too. You know, you you just it's just very. Um, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't want to use the word soothing or calming. A centering, I guess. Maybe centering is a good word. That you start becoming aware of how you're. Uh, doing stuff rather than just automatically going from one worried state to another or one, you know, frantic thing to another. And it does slow you down. So as Tai Chi does, it's slow, it's slow-mo uh, killing, actually. That's what it actually <laughs> is. I mean, there's no way around it. You, know, you see these beautiful motions in the, in the park of people slicing through the air slow-mo and tiny little Chinese people doing this and you realize what is that motion? That's decapitation. That's yeah. It's a swing and a giant sword. <laughs> then you just add the sword and it's like, Oh yeah. 
There it is. But they don't need swords in a lot of them. You know, they, they you know, cutting. Lou is really proud that he could like cut cut wood with his bare hands. Could he do that? Yes, he could do the, the yes. The, wow. And for a guitarist, wow. who's, you know, you don't want to break your hand. Sure. <laughs> he would do that, you know, because he was really proud of how strong he was from Tai Chi. He was a very, very strong guy. I mean, he wasn't a big guy. He was a very, very strong. It's like, and Tai Chi does the, something to your body that is, um, uh, Turns it into an, um, I don't know if a killing machine, but you know, <laughs> I could say that you know, yeah. you know that like really, uh, really uh, strong. You're really strong. So uh, you know, I mean, we do lots of events with loose guitars, and and uh, Stuart Hurwood, who was his guitar tech, um, with setting up drones and then using also the that's another meditation things to come in and out of these drones. But it's, it's, um, they're really interesting shows because we invite musicians to come and go, uh, in this big soundscape. And it's, uh, we did one in San Francisco, Grace Church, years ago. Oh, wow. And things in, um, uh, have we done one in San Francisco? I mean, in LA, no. Um, but a lot of, of things in New York, uh, Tasmania, we did an eight eight day thing. It went on forever. We've done it a lot in Germany and France and uh Anselm Kiefer's studio underground. It was weird, beautiful. <laughs> that was that was in the south of France where um Anselm Kiefer has a really crazy sort of city he's he built out of his work and and we did this in one of his one of his uh gigantic cave-like structures. And there was a huge art dinner that night. And I remember sitting next to some maybe 100 people who, uh, art types who came from all over to to go to this swanky event. And and you could hear the basically metal machine music coming from this entire building, making the whole thing go, you know. And she said, uh, oh, you think at least you would, have been able to stop people from doing construction for dinner. <laughs> it's like it's a it's a it's a sound that gets into your body in a really cool way. You know, it's a it's a these are these are body things. These aren't mental things. You know, these are these are songs for the body. And uh, so it's it's really um, whenever we do events, we don't sit around talking about them. We um, have people do tai chi. And we're, we really try to be avoid being talking heads. So while you're listening to this podcast, you, you could stand up and put your arms in a, a a circle like you're hugging a tree, and your knees slightly bent, your spine very straight, your head like uh, the point of your head going all the way up to the moon, and your Soles of your feet down the center of your really, you know, you stand there. It's called Standing Mountain. And if you're really, um, this is the this is the, the posture that this piece is made for, standing. Hmm. And if you do that for three hours, you will be enlightened, guaranteed. 
So try it out. You know, get the record, try it out. Um, we should have put that. Well, we did have a, we did have the poster in the in the record, and that's a very important part of this uh, whole record. In fact, for me, it's the most important part is the poster of the twenty one form, which Master Lou, mm. and it is a, a a Tai Chi form that can be done in your hotel room when you're on tour with Metallica. So you uh, don't have a giant space, so you you do this form, and and he, Master Ren, his teacher, is showing you step by step how to do that form. So you get this record, put the poster up, put the music on, give it a try. It changed my life, it really did. It changed Lou's life, and it. Uh, it does really interesting things. I mean, it'll just do interesting, your own interesting things, you know, that aren't, aren't necessarily are interesting things. But <laughs> it's made to be done, not listened to, for your body to do something. And a lot of music is made for that. Now, a lot of music is dance music. You can't just sit around and listen to dance music. You dance, <laughs> you know. I think that's that's a really important point about this uh, this music yeah the functionality of it is uh beyond dispute and it's so refreshing i think to to get something so different from someone like lou who i mean you know evan and i have spent the last year and a half two years of our lives pouring over each and every word from each and every one of his songs that he ever wrote so getting to such a complete and well uh, realized fully realized piece that doesn't involve any of that um, is such a, a marvelous, different uh, um, uh, experience with uh, with Lou's music. I've thought, uh, as Ian has, I'm sure, just so much about like what what is it that makes it so that somebody can have such a prolific and long and st- strong career and body of work. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense, like reading the book and hearing you speak about it. That when he, as soon as he found this thing that supports what he was already doing he really was inspired and changed by that discipline finally there's something that tells me that there's a method to keep myself right there so right about that you know you just wonder what's the engine of that person where where is this coming from that's where mm-hmm. it's coming from right there that's that's the that's his that's his engine and and I was just so happy to be able to like put that on in a form that w- would be hopefully useful to people. Because uh, I, you know, he was he was really uh, always telling people to do talk to people like, "Hey, what's wrong with your shoulder? Your 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 left shoulder is drooping down. What's what's going on with that?" And he go, "Just stand up straight, you know, and uh, put your feet down. Be a man." <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's okay. I'll take that. It's hard to live, and it's hard to live in this world. You know, this is this is like just so full of of like things you don't even. I I don't even know what's real anymore. I don't know about you, but Mm. trouble wondering. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. (laughs) Less and less every day. Yeah. So, so what is what is reality? And, And and so when you go back to something as basic as your own body. And you just go into that and just kind of go, okay, where is it? That's why 
in the beginning of this this booklet, I, you know, found this um this is this meditation tape, which um uh which are these are the words these are the words to this uh oh, yeah okay these are the words the center of your body center of your heart the center of your spirit your mind your essence empty your mind and listen to the center of your body the center of creation that's it right there mm-hmm. it's just about paying attention it's not about doing something original or like wow i never saw that kind of plaid before that's really unusual you know it's like <laughs> it's about the the most simple thing you can do is just try to be in your body because i mean the the fight with screens is is huge you know and the fight to get out of flatland is a big one i mean i was just thinking about this this morning because um this sunday morning is like a, a usually tai chi day and for Lou, it meant doing Tai Chi all day. So going to class uh, over on the other side of town and then going out with the martial arts people, martial arts people to their lunch and then going to Chinatown to get a new sword and then practicing again in the afternoon and going to have some Chinese food and then practicing again. I mean, he was fanatic. Wow. And, and I love to feel that, be inspired by that. It's easier for me to be inspired by human beings than ideas. Um, I I try to imagine all of these people that I really admire and put them on up on a like a tree, and I feel that I can get a lot of courage from looking at other people's lives, how they did it, you know, how they how they made it, because that's. Uh, for me, it, that's uh, more inspiring than a, than than some kind of philosophical thing. Is like what somebody actually did with all the difficulties of being a person. <laughs> what did they actually do? Not what they said they were going to do, but what they did. And uh, that's why um, uh, this is a how-to record. Really, it's like a manual. It's something for you to to do, not just think about. Thinking about is important too, but you know, doing to just do it. That might be the perfect note to end it on. Thank you so much, Laurie. This was uh, an honor and a privilege for both of us. It's really fun talking with you. Hear your ideas about how you related to this. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Laurie. Take care. Thanks a lot.